This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. I've always found that I love winning, but winning big puts us all on the path to sustained wins over long periods of time. In this podcast, it's a pleasure and an honor to bring you secrets from leaders from all walks of life and all over the world. And the reason that's very important is each one of us are different. Our leadership path is different. And that's the reason these insights from leaders all over the world really make a big difference. Today, in that particular spirit, I'm really excited to welcome my VIP guest, Anjali Narendran. And let me share a little bit about Anjali's amazing accomplishments till date. She is the founder and CEO of Text Explore, a startup that brought tech education to over a thousand kids and beyond. A program director at Startup, Do- uh, startup Dojo to give young students the support and education that she herself dreamt of. Anjali's accomplishments include featured on Toronto Star, Thomson Reuters, HR Reporter, and other acclaimed publications. She spoke at the World AI Forum and Google Conference, and I really want to know what she felt when she was at these incredible opportunities to share. And then her VX Robotics team won multiple world championships, beating 20,000 plus international teams each year. And this is very important because each one of these are wow thought leaders who will change the world. For her to separate herself, not just once, but her team to win multiple times, that I really think is something really cool to understand. Her future plans include next year, she is going to attend the Gerald Fisher MNT program at University of Pennsylvania, pursuing a double degree with Wharton School of Business and Penn School of Engineering. And just to put in perspective, all this, and she is only 17 years old, a true wise soul. And over the weekend, as I was reflecting on Anjali's resume, I started questioning and asking myself, what is wisdom? As I was growing up, I always thought wisdom came with age. When I was a kid, I looked up to adults and felt, wow, if and when I grow up, they know all the answers. I grew up, grew older, and I realized I was still a kid. I didn't still still know all the answers. I also thought it's all about experience, but it's not just about experience. But after meeting leaders like Anjali, I realized that wisdom comes from not just one thing. It's about how you see things. And that's what you'll hear in the conversation today is how Anjali connects dots, how she commits to a solution and a cause, and how her passion excites her to take the team beyond and takes ownership. Anjali, I'm really excited to welcome you to this conversation. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really, really excited to be involved. Absolutely. 
Sanjali, to start with, of course, congratulations on an amazing, productive last few years, major accomplishments. I want to start right away at Text Explore and ask what was the vision behind it and what was the key to turning this idea into a success? Yeah, definitely. So Tech Explorer, um, it really started from this place of, you know, so I was 15 when I started this and I realized a problem. I realized that I was really fortunate because I'd grown up with robotics. I started coding when I was 10 years old because through some serendipitous opportunities, you know, things just kind of worked out for me that way. But when I was 15, I realized that most students don't get those kinds of opportunities and serendipitous exposures early on. And as a result, you just miss out. A lot of kids, you know, you might do well on, in math class when you're a little kid. And then for the rest of your life, for the rest of your education, you'll think of yourself as a math person. But when you think about computer science, technology, if we're never giving young kids the opportunity to even try it, most students are just gonna say, I'm not a tech person because they haven't done it, right? Mm -hmm. They never got that chance. They know nothing about it. Um, and I, I found that really frustrating because tech and robotics and coding had given me so much and it, it helped me grow so much as a leader um, and like in every possible dimension. And I was really frustrated that it just wasn't accessible. So that's essentially the idea that started Tech Explorer. That tech education needs to be accessible and it needs to be accessible to young students. Um, and it started off like it was really, really bootstrapped. So mm -hmm. I didn't really know where I was going. So I started off just by asking my computer science teacher to loan me some robotics kits because I had already booked an event. I said, I, I, I'd reach out to some schools and I was like, okay, I need to do something. I'm going to run some workshops. I had no idea how I was going to do it. So I just borrowed some kits after the fact and I scraped, scraped something together. And then from there, it kind of grew into this really cool venture where now um, the demand grew. There are tons of students, tons of teachers who wanted to be involved and other people who wanted to help me out, other awesome young people. So it was great. Love that. So I love this concept of how you access resources. Like you started a journey and then you asked your teacher to loan you some robotics kit and you figured out a way to move forward. So when you look back, what makes you most proud of Tech Explorer? Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, it always comes down to the, the impact. And I think I'm really proud of how myself and the team, we were able to take an idea, a passion, a belief, and turn it into impact and really help a lots of kids who are in similar shoes as us coming up. I think that that's definitely the proudest thing. So help me understand either an example or a moment on how yeah. you define impact. Yeah, um, I, think, I think impact is just um, like being able to contribute to somebody else's life in a meaningful way. So in that specific example, it would be seeing the, the eyes of lots of young students light up when they realize that they can control this tiny little machine with their ideas, their thoughts, and you know, a few lines of colored blocks or code. So seeing them make that connection, that's impact because, because it's very evident that we've been able to have, Love um, make, make something there. Being able to contribute in somebody's life in a big way and seeing somebody's eye light up and the future you're creating for each of these people. 
individuals. I really think that's priceless. So I want to go from there to those mega presentations that AI World Forum, Google Conference, you know, huge, huge audience. And again, as you mentioned, even though you were into robotics from 10, you know, you were 15 year old on these amazing stages. So first, I just want to ask you a very cheesy question I have to ask is what was your first feeling when you were on these big stages? My first feeling, um, probably like a pang of fear. And then you step through the fear and it's just excitement. I think that's always how it goes. I have to ask, how do you step through fear? I don't know, like, I think I just, I focus on the audience and trying to connect with them. And then I think about like, you know, what it might be like if I could contribute and impact this audience. And then I, I, because I can focus on that, it kind kind of helps me step through the fear. Absolutely, love that. Yeah. <laughs> and now going beyond, what was the main message that you delivered at both these incredible conferences? Yeah, so um, with Google, I was really just sharing about how our team had not been able, had been able to become world champions in multiple domains. Um, and a few key principles that helped us get there. So kind of sharing how things like embracing failure is a really important thing to have as an engineer and also just as a general human being trying to make their way through life. Um, I think in school, you're kind of taught that every time you get something wrong, you get a slap on the wrist. So you should fear your mistakes. You should fear not being right. Mm -hmm. But um, I think like just being able to be okay with being wrong, being able to say, I didn't know what I was doing this time. This, this idea failed, but because it failed, I now have answers that can take me into the next version, that can take me into my next trial. So being open-minded and more open to failure is a really important concept that's helped me in robotics, helped the team robotics, and um, in other walks of life as well. So where did this whole mindset to look at failure as an opportunity and not a dead end come from? Yeah, um, I think it really it really stemmed from the fact that I'd been involved in you know like engineering since since I was a really young kid. Uh, in fact, my first robotics team it was in a smaller competition called First mm -hmm. Lego League. So we mm -hmm. we were essentially these ten year olds building these little robots out of Lego. That is not what I was doing in high school, but that's how mm -hmm. I started off. Um, we were building these little Lego robots, and our first ever competition we had no idea what we were doing. Mm -hmm. We showed up. We were these little kids. We were so excited, bouncing around the stadium. And by the end of it, we had come in last place. Last place. Last place. <laughs> not even like a third, not even like 20th, last place at a regional <laughs> event. And it was tough. It was tough. We were like, oh no, we've been all this time, all this energy, we were so excited. And we fell flat on our faces. And that's not a fun thing to experience at all, ever, especially <laughs> not when you're 10 years old. But I think it was moments like that where I was able to, to choose. Either I take this as a failure and you know tell, tell myself I suck at engineering, I suck at robotics and give up. Or I say, hey, my journey is just about to begin. I'm going to figure out how I can take this and do better next time. And I, I just happened to choose uh, the, the latter option and that's what's made all the difference. Love that. So anytime you fail, fall flat, I really love your perspective and how you're reflecting but also next second, you became very serious by saying you had a choice and only you chose whether to brand and define yourself as a failure forever or 
you will figure it out. So year one came last. Let's finish the whole story. Year two and three, you guys were top of the world, no pun intended. How did it feel to go from flat last to top of the world? Two years yeah, there's, there's actually a couple of years in between there. So between age 10 to like 15, I competed in robotics and we slowly got better and better. So very was it was very incremental. Got it. So it wasn't like last to first, it was like last to maybe first at the regional event, to first at the provincial event, and then slowly moving up. Um, but yeah, so what was that like? I think it was a really great journey. And I think I wouldn't have done it any other way. I would not have wanted to get first in my first year um, because then I wouldn't have had all the lessons that came from it, right? You never learn from winning. All you learn, all you learn is that how you, you learn what it feels like to hold a heavy trophy. It's like, mm -hmm. what do you learn? <laughs> right? You learn from the failures. You learn. It is about holding the heavy trophy. Got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what do you really learn from winning? Mm -hmm. You know, you walk out with a trophy, some smiles, you go for dinner. But when you fail, you have a, you have like a notebook full of ideas, a head full of ideas of things you can improve, lessons learned. And it's through that process of making mistakes that I was able to grow. Awesome. So you are a young entrepreneur at heart. Okay. What were, as you start going through, what has been your challenge as a young entrepreneur? And how have you overcome some of these? Yeah, um, some of my challenges as a young entrepreneur. I think one of my biggest challenges as a young entrepreneur was just that initial fear kind of based around my age. Because I think like when you're young, it's really easy to believe that I'm a kid, I can't do anything important, right? I can't sign papers for myself. I can't drive a car. So why would anybody, why would an adult ever want to listen to me or do, like listen to what I have to say? And I think that's a com that was that was something that I really struggled with when I first got started with mm -hmm. uh, with things like Tech Explorer. And I think in terms of overcoming that, it was again, I think it's it's the same idea I talked about with the conferences. You know, there's this wall of fear, but at some moment after you keep throwing yourself at the wall, eventually it becomes easier to pass through the wall. And I was able to realize that, hey, this isn't true. I can, I, I'm in a different position as somebody who's maybe 40 years old, but it, it all depends on how I frame it. I can frame my age as a huge disadvantage, or I can flip the picture and I can say, actually, I have a lot of advantages that a 40 year old would not have. Mm -hmm. Interesting people are open to talking to young people, much more open to advising and talking to younger people than they are to older people. So long as you can, you know, um, figure out how to get, make the first contact. So there are, whole, there are a whole bunch of benefits that I was able to find when I flipped it the other way. And when I began just looking at it from a different angle, it made it a lot easier to pass through the, the ball of fear. I love this whole concept. And I don't think it's just as a kid, each one of us are in a situation where when we look at life from where we are, there are reasons to discount ourselves. And when you are talking about if you are not taking yourself seriously, like as a kid, you have so much to share based on your point of view. And I'll just digress for a second. I remember coming from India to US first job, my first performance appraisal, I still have that from the year 1990, I'm really old. I got a five out of five in everything other than in one place, two out of five in communication where my boss had written down, Arjun needs to work on his accent. And I was sent to an accent school in Houston. 
in day one, I realized that there are certain sounds this face of mine is not meant to make. I could not differentiate between VI and WE. That's the reason my team assistant, Vicky, hated when I called her Vicky. Okay. I could not separate between P and B. It's the same. And to the point where the instructor could not say to me, says to me, because he also could not say a few sounds. So what he taught me this incredible lesson is Arjun, from your point of view, you're different. Instead of trying to change, change the outcome, focus on communication, not accent. And that was such a big thing. And somehow I don't know why, but your whole thing about throwing yourself at the wall and make a difference got me back into some nostalgic moments. So thank you again. So I just want to take you back to now, you know, uh, the whole concept about Startup Dojo. So you are, most 17 year olds are thinking of video games, social engagements, friends, college, etc. You are taking a gap here, not to just even travel around the world, okay? but to pursue entrepreneurship and help others. And this question, there's a little secret behind it. This question comes from one of your amazing fans, Sundi Sundaresh. He really pushed me to ask that question. So what made you take this gap here to focus on startup dojo? Yeah, I'm really passionate about helping people and also helping people who are maybe a couple steps down the ladder of life than I am. People who are you know, just beginning their journey in places that I've maybe finished off. I think that's really, really important. And I'm really passionate about, about using the opportunities and the experiences that I've been given to help other people out. So that's really the reason that I even worked with Tech Explorer and the reason that I'm taking a gap year now to build up Startup Dojo. As a student entrepreneur working on Tech Explorer, I realized that there are so many skills that entrepreneurship teaches you that you really can't get anywhere else. At the end of the day, if you know how to build a business, solve a real problem, deliver actual value for other human beings, help them out, build a team around you. Those are the skills that make a leader. And regardless of what you do in your life, they're skills that will help you and will differentiate you. But they're, they're, again, they're skills that you don't get at school. At school, you're taught to listen, to do your work, to comply. But like the, the difference between what you do as an entrepreneurship and what you do as a student is so massive. And I wanted to figure out how I could fill that gap and make the opportunities and the lessons that I learned as a student entrepreneur more accessible to other people help other students get through that fear wall and realize that, hey, as a young person, I shouldn't be afraid to jump into entrepreneurship. This is actually the best moment in my life to do it. And here's why. Here's the skills, here's a network. I wanna help you get going. So that's essentially the thought process behind it. We believe that entrepreneurial skills are leadership skills. And more than that, we believe that any young person can build a successful business before they graduate high school. So we just wanna help them do it. And for every high school student, once they get the message, I just get goosebumps thinking about the incredible future we have for the world, not just the country or the state, and kudos to what you're doing. So now here's a very naive question. What happens to Startup Dojo at the end of your gap year? Like what, do you, what happens next? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on being involved with Startup Dojo for as long as is necessary. Um, I'm really, really passionate about this cause and 
um, getting it to a point where it can run on its own and continue helping students. Mm -hmm. So before I leave, before I go back to school, whenever that is, um, Startup Dojo will be in a place where most of the core activities are built out enough and we have a team built out enough for that to be um, able to run on its own. So, you know, coaching, all that. So that's kind of, that's kind of where we are. So to me, you have literally invented startups, the concept in your own way or redefined. What's one common myth about startups that you want to debunk totally for all of us? Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, I think, I think at least personally, when I would initially think about startups as a young, as a really young kid, mm -hmm. I'd always imagine, you know, your Mark Zuckerberg or like your Steve Jobs, um, you know, your, your genius types being the kind of people who build startups, these kind of crazy genius people you can never really get into the head of, you know, they do weird things like dip their feet in toilet water and put it on desks, mm -hmm. apparently. <laughs> but they're not like you and me, right? They're not you and me. So I think that's the biggest myth that I'd like to debunk. You don't need to be like this crazy genius, you know, genius character to be a founder. You can be literally anyone. So long as you're passionate about a problem and you're willing to put in the time and effort to take that, to build a solution around that problem, I think anybody is capable of becoming a founder, becoming a, a successful entrepreneur. I will push a little bit on that is if we both met Steve Zuckerberg at that age when he was there, at that time, we may not have thought him to be a genius. Yeah. Right. After success, when we have recreated the story the same way today, some of us are fortunate to learn from you. There's nothing like whether you're considered a genius will be defined by what you do today. Because at this point, we may not appreciate. And to me, that's the part of what I really love about your passion about sharing opportunities with everyone instead of just running alone. And from there, I just want to go and ask a little bit beyond by saying, who are three people who have been most influential in your life? Yeah, I think um, it's three people who have been the most influential. Um, I think, I think um, number one would be uh, probably my grandma. I think uh, that's where I get like this need to give back to other people. I've always been inspired by how selfish she's been growing up. So, you know, looking at her, that's always been a big inspiration. Another person I think would be my dad. He was, um, he was a founder, he was an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, seeing him kind of struggle and build up his own build himself up that was really inspiring to me and to, to be able to like just watch that journey growing up um so that would be second and third definitely my mom <laughs> just like my family my entire family uh, i've learned a lot from everybody i've had the fortune of being raised by uh you know it takes a village so yeah <laughs> so you talked about what you learned from grandma and mom and dad so what one thing you learned from mom, mom. yeah um just like how to be organized and get things done efficiently. Uh, I think that's something that I really, I really learned from her. Uh, just seeing her run the family and figure things out and constantly being on top of everything all the time, no matter how big the responsibilities were. Uh, it was something I've always really admired. Awesome. So you're listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. And today, my VIP guest is Anjali Narantharan, a 17-year-old speaker, 
entrepreneur, program director at Startup Dojo, two-time world robotics champion. But the biggest thing is her passion about sharing opportunities with everyone around her. Anjali, this last section is about rapid questions, you know, short three to seven word answers. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. Right. So let's go beyond world of stat- startups. What will be your advice to anyone in any walk of life to be a successful leader? Um, take the risk, jump take in. Take the risk. How do you define big win? Being able to help others. One big reason businesses fail to win big. They're not focused on helping, 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 helping customers enough. Well played. <laughs> Most leaders completely rule out some obstacles from their mind. Top athletes remove the word no from their dictionary. What's a word not in Anjali's dictionary? Failure. Okay. This one I really had to work hard and I really am excited to put, put this question in front of you is, if Anjali in 2022 could fast forward in time and meet Anjali in 2053, I did the math, Anjali is getting ready to celebrate her 50th birthday. What would be one advice you would give the nearly 50 year old Anjali? Have fun, have fun, keep having fun. Second advice? Um, just be playful in life, I think. I think that's something I never want to lose. So to me, I always find that leaders have a process because success without a plan or a process cannot be repeated. And for you to accomplish so much in the last few years is incredible. So is there a routine or a ritual that you would love to share the first thing you do or the last thing before your work day is over that you want to share with the group? Yeah, yeah, I'm really big on running. I think it's a great way for me to clear my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love being outside because it's beautiful. So that's something that I always start my day with, just a nice run on the water, no matter how cold it is. I live in Canada, so it gets pretty damn cold. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so just a nice run in the morning, listening to you know an audio book. It's a great way to clear my head and start the day. Love that. And what's the last thing before your work day is coming to an end? I don't know if I really have a closing day ritual. I don't know, going over my calendar for the following day. Yeah. Got it. So if you were in my shoes, what would be something that you would ask Anjali that I didn't ask? I don't know. I think you covered it all. I don't know. What would, what would I ask? Yeah, I don't think I have anything for that one. <laughs> so I did good. Thank you. you. You did good. Thank you. Anything else you want to share? No, again, I think, I think you did a great job. You really covered everything. Thank you. Thank you, Anjali. This was, wow. Like to me, I have to listen to this a few times to appreciate all the nuggets that you shared. Truly appreciate that. First of all, I want to wish you the very best in life ahead and your journey at UPenn. And UPenn is very close to me because my daughter is doing her PhD at UPenn. So in this conversation, you know, there are a few things at a very high level that will stay with me. One is at the very core, any question, everything I asked Anjalina and the whole thing came back to how passionate she is 
about sharing opportunities with everyone. And also a big part of it comes with her appreciation of the opportunities she has got. But then based on the values from her grandma, dad, mom, all together, makes her want to share with everyone else. Second, I think each one of us are bound to face failure because being human means we are not able to do anything and everything all the time. So there are two concepts that about failure that really hit Homanjali. One was this whole wall of fear. And once the wall is there, throw yourself at the wall and you can, you will break through and you'll make a difference. And of course, you know, I wanted to ask right away by saying, you know, how easy it is for you to say, how do you do it? And that's the part where you really showed me the way by saying, Arjun, you literally have two choices. One is either to give up and brand for yourself by saying, you know, I can do it. Or try to figure it out and put your effort because once you make that choice, it's so easy. Again, Anjali, wish you the very best in life ahead and thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you so, so much for having me on. This is an absolute pleasure. Oh, and I forgot to mention earlier, if I could do a quick shout out. Absolutely. I also, I also have my own podcast called The 2020 Show. So Arjun mentioned Sandeep Sundaresh. He's going to be on my podcast um, soon. So I know he was a guest here. So I'm really excited to make that connection. So The 2020 Show. Check the it out. The 2020 Show. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you all for listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. And when you're not listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, please listen to the 2020 show with Anjali Narendra. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Please subscribe, share, and review this podcast with your friends and family. Happy listening. And I'm looking forward to bring you another episode with another leader from another walk of life, another part of the world real soon. Thank you again. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.